Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. After yet another Super Bowl, just how close is Patrick Mahomes to Tom Brady's greatest of all time status? Let's ask our Patriots host. Also, just how different will the Eagles be next year? And Brady will have to call a few games that Mahomes plays. So, what then? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first ticket purchase. Patrick Mahomes has never not made the conference title game. As a starter, he has gotten there every single season. He is 3-1 in Super Bowls, now has three in five years, and is on a trajectory, on a trajectory, going at Tom Brady. Joining me now from Locked on Patriots, is Mike DeBate. And Mike, this is this is sacred ground we're talking about here, understanding that Patrick Mahomes is not even 30. How nervous are Patriots fans getting that Patrick Mahomes, not even two years after Tom Brady decides to call it quits, is already horning in on their territory here with the greatest of all time? <laughs> well, in terms of the fan base, I would say panic level is probably at about 35%. There is still a lot okay. of people out there that look at the New England Patriots and the dynasty that they set up and the, the longevity of what happened in those years in order to be able to get the Patriots to that level. They realize that Patrick Mahomes at 28 years of age is doing things that really is uncharted territory. But then you look at Tom Brady and by the age of 28, he had three rings as well. So it's time to start looking at how this is going to be sustained. What Mahomes is doing is phenomenal. He is in the conversation now. He is at the table. The problem is, is who gets to sit at the head of the table? I still don't think he's knocked Brady out of that chair just yet, folks. Let's give this a little bit of time. There's still four rings, and there's still an awful lot of accolades and an awful lot of records that need to fall for that to happen. But that's taking nothing away from what we saw last night. We saw one of the true greats in this game already at 28 years of age do what the greats do, win when they have to, win when everyone else thinks it's iffy that they're going to do it. He found a way to get it done last night. The tip of the cap to Patrick Mahomes. It felt Brady-like, didn't it? Like a supporting cast, especially offensively, where you go, okay, this is Travis Kelsey and, you know, a, a bunch of guys and, and Rishi Rice, a rookie, like he looks like their best receiver. We've seen Tom Brady in those kinds of scenarios. The, the Falcons game, for example, everyone remembers 28 to three. Do it like that. You, I, I have to imagine you were watching that game going, okay, even if he's not Brady yet, like it feels very mm. Brady-ish. Oh, it did. And there's no question about it. And anyone that's telling you otherwise is probably either looking at things through oddly colored glasses or they're not being true to themselves. What Patrick yeah, Mahomes Foxborough did colored night, glasses, maybe. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit of Foxborough filter in those. But uh, <laughs> bottom line, what Patrick Mahomes did last night was very Brady-like, utilizing subpar receivers and I'm not taking anything away from Rasheed Rice who I think had a very good season but wow. Tom Brady elevated guys like David Givens like Jabbar Gaffney like Malcolm Mitchell receivers that may not have gotten the fair shake elsewhere in the NFL but because they played alongside the greatest at the at that point he made them better he elevated them to a new level and that's what Mahomes did last night especially in that final drive understanding the magnitude of the moment 
not letting himself beat himself and being able to execute and find ways to win. Again, that's what the greats do. And it did feel an awful, uh, it did feel very Brady Lake last night in terms of what we were watching uh, on the field from Mahomes and, and the Chiefs as a whole. I, I heard someone mention this in, in terms of trading off because the Tom Brady part of this, they matched up. We saw them in the AFC Championship game. And if mm-hmm. D Ford just stays on side, Patrick Mahomes has that head to head win over Brady. Brady beat him in a Super Bowl. Do you think Patrick Mahomes would trade the Eagles game if it meant beating Brady in one of those other ones just from a legacy narrative standpoint? Because it seems like that would make a big difference right now. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get Patrick to admit that, but I do believe he would. I mean, he understands the magnitude of these moments and he understands the comparison and to whom he's being compared to. And there's a ton of respect from Brady to Mahomes and Mahomes to Brady. And every time these guys talk about one another, you can see it, you can feel it palpably, but they're competitors. And each of them understands the magnitude of being called the greatest of all time, whether they'll admit it or whether they won't. That means a lot. That distinction is very important to a professional athlete. You know, yeah, I do believe that there is a part of him that would take one of those if he could essentially gain that type of upper hand and gain a little bit in that argument. But bottom line, Patrick is still very young. This Chiefs team is still very talented. There's a lot that needs to break their way in order for that type of dynasty um, pantheon that the New England Patriots and the Pittsburgh Steelers are the only two teams that have reached six championships in the Super Bowl era. Um that's something where, yeah, I do believe that uh, if the Chiefs are knocking on that door, uh, it will take a while. But at the same time, um, they've got the guy that uh, could lead them there. And it's looking very likely like that's that's his goal. I think that's where he's setting his next sights. Stay up to date all year on the New England Patriots by subscribing to Locked On Sports Today and Locked On Patriots on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up with a key defensive player getting permission to seek a trade. How much can we expect the Eagles to change? Before we answer that, Victor Wembenyama. Man, he is not of this world. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and their best price guarantee, GameTime takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. GameTime has plenty of last-minute tickets to your favorite team's events. They also make it easy to get in the gate with flash deals and zone deals. GameTime makes it easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. They've got views from all the seats in the venue. They also have the lowest price guaranteed. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime. Right now, new GameTime users get $20 off your first purchase with code LOCKEDON. Terms apply. Just download the GameTime app and use code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, the lowest price guaranteed. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. The Raptors found out just how out of this world the alien really is as Victor Wembanyama dropped a rare triple-double with blocks on Toronto en route to a dominant win for the Spurs. Uh, he did a little bit of everything. Uh, obviously, he's an you know, all-around talented player. Uh, he had a great feel for the game, and you know it shows in a variety of ways, whether he's passing or making decisions, blocking shots, it doesn't matter. You know, the dog days kind of got him here in the last maybe week and a half, two weeks, and uh, 
He's probably starting to feel a little bit better now that he got through that. The Cowboys did eventually hire Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. No, really, that Mike Zimmer. Yeah, uh, it's exciting. I mean, I think this is kind of the guy that we had kind of been circling a little bit that we had hoped for. Um, you know, I think it just, of the candidates that we heard kind of kicked around here a little bit, it felt like Zimmer was kind of the best blend of, uh, you know, close-ish, you know, uh, to what we're trying to do, what we were trying to do previously while still moving far enough away that we feel like there's some upside there. You feel like Zimmer has got, you know, a lot of experience. He's had a lot of experience with really good defenses. So um, I do feel like when you talk about all the uh, the potential like requirements that the Cowboys had, that the, the Cowboys fandom had, I think, to a large degree, right? Like for Cowboys, it was like they wanted someone with head coaching, coaching experience. They wanted somebody who was a defensive play caller previously. For Cowboys fans, they wanted something that was different enough that you felt like, you know, there could be a, a change happening and an improvement happening, uh, but also not someone so different that it's going to take, you know, multiple off seasons in order to kind of institute this defense. The Steelers getting a jump start on the off season as they cut three players, including Mitchell Trubisky. Two players that we were pretty sure they would cut. That includes Mitch Trubisky at quarterback, Tukes of four for an offensive tackle, and Presley Harvin at punter. Now, we all knew this was all coming down the line. Mitch Trubisky's poor play at quarterback was kind of the precedent for all of this. The Steelers were going to need to sign uh, or sign or draft a combination of uh, two quarterbacks somehow to add to their roster behind Kenny Pickett or even ahead of Kenny Pickett depending on how that, how that goes at quarterback. Chooks uh, of four was a guy who signed for, I think, $13 million as a cap this, this year. You could not afford to pay that to a guy who was benched and consistently a backup for the final 10 games of the season. That's just, that was never going to be sustainable. And then Presley Harvin, who they had given three years to figure out if he was going to be a punter. He didn't figure it out. You had to let him go. The Clippers hosted the Timberwolves in a battle for the top spot in the West. Monster game heading in for both these teams. Not only were both battling for the top seed in the West, right? Wolves go in half game up on the Clippers. But for the Wolves, you're in La La Land here. First game of three on this long West Coast road trip. You're being broadcasted in front of a national audience on NBA TV. The stakes were high. The hype was real. This was one we've all had kind of circled now for a while. And if you're a Wolves fan, Bro, th this was about as fun as it gets, wasn't it? I mean, down one going into halftime, and like we've seen all year, they just flip a switch, go into beast mode in that second half, 40 to 19 advantage in the third quarter. They never look back. They hand the Clippers just their seventh loss since the 1st of December, 121-100. That's your final. Wolves now have 23 wins versus teams above 500. That's most in the NBA. Is another story you need to know. After an inglorious end to the Philadelphia Eagles 2023 campaign, Nick Sirianni returned. It seems like that's the only thing that stayed the same so far this offseason. Major changes, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, and now Hassan Reddick apparently wants out of Philadelphia. Louis DiBiase from Locked on Eagles joins me now. And, and Louis, this has been an offseason of tumult. Um, it was tumultuous before Everyone's season finished before the Super Bowl even got done. So what is what is happening in Philly right now? 
Yeah, so specifically with Hassan Reddick, the man wants to be paid. He has 30 sacks if you include the playoffs the last two years, and he wants his bag. He's going to be 30 years old soon, and he wants that last big payday for the Philadelphia Eagles. They're saying, we'll put you on the trade block. Go out there and see if the market dictates that value. If you can go get that and we can get proper compensation, we'll trade you. If not, it seems like Howie Roseman has a set line of what he's willing to pay Hassan Reddick, and he's not willing to budge probably because he's got to pay Devontae Smith. He's got to pay Josh Sweat, Landon Dickerson. There's a lot of contracts to give out. But if you would have told me a month ago their best defensive player would suddenly be on the trade block in a few weeks, I guess I wouldn't be surprised because that's what happens with the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a roller coaster, but I would have been shocked. I mean, this is, to me, the heartbeat of that defense, and you don't want to lose elite sack-producing edge rushers. And so what do you think is the most likely outcome here? For me... I think Hassan Reddick, a trade is likely because although he's going to be 30 years old, another team's going to say we can get a three, four year deal out of this guy still. I mean, he's showing no signs of, you know, slowing down. So the sack production is still there. I think he probably goes for maybe a couple day two picks or a day two selection and a player. I think they have a lot of money they have to give out to other players and they have a lot of draft capital. So unfortunately, I don't agree with it, but I think the likely outcome is that he probably is traded the summer. Yeah, and, and part of this was foreseen, right? Not the, the trade part of it, but that's what you go out and get Nolan Smith for, mm-hmm. someone like that, very similar body types, all those kinds of things. I mentioned at the top, the change at coordinator, um, Vic Fangio is going to be the, the big name um, coming in here, but you also make a change at offensive coordinator. So the the changes that are being made here, is this a sharpening of a team ready to go compete for a Super Bowl or something closer to the desperate acts of a team trying to figure this out on the fly? I think it's it's kind of a cop-out, but a little bit of both. I think it's a sharpening of a team that was supposed to be a contender. My issue, I like the Kellen Moore hiring in a vacuum. Same with Vic Fangio. My concern is I feel like they're their their results or the way they want to solve the problem this year is by taking more and more responsibility away from their head coach. And that's concerning to me because if you don't have that much confidence in your head coach, why not just, why didn't you just move on this off? Yeah. Why is he your head coach? That, and that's my issue is if Kellen Moore is going to run this entire offense and Vic Fangio is going to be the head coach of the defense, then what exactly is Nick Sirianni doing here? And that's my problem. I want my head coach to run the offense and be the play caller And now he's not even really going to be the head game planner, which he was last year. So I like, again, both hirings in a vacuum. But to me, it just feels like they're trying to stay in the middle. They didn't want to completely hit the reset button, but they also didn't want to give Sirianni the the keys to the car anymore. And part of that is this roster, they believe, is ready to compete right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of us in the media believe they were ready to compete right now. I mean, a lot of people picked them to repeat in the NFC as the NFC winner uh, as you look at their off-season shopping list, um, to-do list, because they've got some of their own guys that they got to make decisions on, what are the biggest decisions you feel like they'd still need to make now that they've gotten some of this coaching stuff yeah. organized? Yeah, look, I still think the roster on paper has a lot of talent on both sides, where they're still going to be a top three team, maybe top five in the NFC. But when you look at some of the major problems on the roster, it's the second and third level of the defense, linebacker, cornerback, safety. Mm. They need a lot of help there, both short-term and long-term, the strength of this team has been the trenches, but if you're going to lose Jason Kelsey and Hassan Reddick and you have to use their draft picks to replace those guys, I'm concerned that Howie Roseman yet again is going to try to 
band-aid his way through those very important spots. We'll see if that is the case, but to me, I'm very hyper-focused right now on who's the cornerbacks, safeties, and linebackers, because that's where teams like the 49ers and the Cowboys completely exposed you in 2023. Stay up to date all year on the Philadelphia Eagles by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Eagles on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, Tom Brady will be on the call for some of Patrick Mahomes' games next year. How's that going to go? Get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. Bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams with quick bets, live same-game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Of course, you can also build some same-game parlays for even bigger payouts. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and shoot your shot. The confusing Phoenix Suns are playing host to the confusing Sacramento Kings. There's going to be some shots in that game. After making the playoffs last year, the Kings kind of sleepwalking through parts of this season. The Suns, with all their talent, been a bit dim thanks to injuries. FanDuel feels some sort of way about this matchup. The Suns, four and a half point favorites over the Kings. FanDuel, official partner of the NBA and official sports book of Locked On. In my conversation with Mike DeBate from Locked On Patriots, he gave me an answer to a question that needed to be its own segment. As we, as we wrap up here, Mike, I just have to ask you, Tom Brady's going to be calling games very soon, presumably, for Fox, which means he could be calling a game with Patrick Mahomes, potentially a Super Bowl in which Patrick Mahomes is doing everything he can to dethrone Tom Brady. How do you think we will hear Brady handle those sorts of conversations? Because they're going to come up. Well, that's if he doesn't go out on tour with the Dunk Kings. We're still waiting for confirmation <laughs> to find out whether or not that's going to happen. Uh, there's a lot of record deals right now that are floating around, and a lot of people, they're actually selling those, by the way, those jumpsuits. <laughs> by the way, folks, I will not get one. You won't see me wear one on Locked On Patriots. But that's a great question because Tom Brady is a competitor, and it's probably going to be difficult for him to watch something of that magnitude. The good thing that I will say about Tom Brady is, yes, he is starting – his broadcasting career this season, he st Patrick still has four rings to win to equal the amount that yeah. Tom Brady has. So Brady's got a lot of time to be able to rehearse how he may make that call someday <laughs> if he's still doing uh, any type of uh, um, broadcasting by then. Uh, but I do think he'll give him the reverence he deserves. Again, there's an awful lot of respect between these two guys. It's rarefied air when athletes reach that level. And when someone does even infringe or encroach upon your territory, there's always a tip of the cap and a nod to the gods in that situation. Tom Brady will handle that with class, as I believe Patrick Mahomes will on the field as well. The Duncan joke was too good, had to be in there, but I'm fascinated by this idea. You can hear in other quarterbacks' voice, when Troy Aikman does a Cowboys game, you can hear his frustration with Dak Prescott at times seep through. These guys are human. So if people are talking about Patrick Mahomes as the greatest of all time, and this is already starting, how is Tom Brady going to talk about Patrick Mahomes? A guy you heard Mike say, for whom Tom Brady has a tremendous amount of respect, but he's also one of the most competitive psychos we've ever seen in professional sports in, in a good way. How is this going to go? I can't wait to find out. And finally, Spencer Dinwiddie chose the Lakers over the Mavericks after being cut by the Raptors after Toronto traded him at the deadline. He shed some light on his decision that, well, here's what he said. 
the two situations kind of felt like, let's say you were a kid and you got your ass whooped by the bully. Dallas would have been like your mama being like, it's okay, baby. Don't worry about it. Lakers are like your dad. Nah, you better go out there and fight till you win. You feel me? I just felt like that was what I needed at the time. What? Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube, Locked On Sports Today. Here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports Today, is it UConn versus the field in men's college basketball this year? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports Today.